previously on see you in another life brothers hey man look at this new boomerang i got whoa awesome hey give that thing a toss man all right here it goes whoa look at it fly yeah hey where'd it go What the heck? Did did you hear that? Yeah, where the heck did that voice come from? It'll come back around. Why does it, why does it keep saying that? I don't know. What do you think it means? Yeah. Ow. What the heck? My boomerang hit me in the back of the head. <laughs> well, I guess that goes to show some people were just meant to suffer. That's why the Sox never win the series, right? I'm gonna kill that boomerang. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of See You and Another Life, Brothers. My name is Joe, and you will be listening to me for the next, ooh, 90 minutes or so. That seems to be the time these are taking, so get used to this. If you don't like my voice, you're out of luck, because this is what it's going to be. And I'm joined by another person with a great voice, Andy! Hello! Yes, I'm excited to be here, and... You know, I, I thought for sure for a second that you were going to be like, uh, you know, you're going to hear my voice for the next four hours. Yeah. We are really talking about outlaws today. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we could go for four hours with this episode. There's just too many, like, great moments and, I, like, scenes where we could dissect it line by line for hours and hours on end. So what do you say? Want to just do that? I think we could talk about just the lock scene for about 90 <laughs> minutes, honestly. <laughs> There's so much depth to it. So much symbolism. Yeah, he was in this episode for like four minutes, and it just messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> that dog, man. <laughs> that dog, she sat by her bed for... <sighs> man, that, that got me. That got me. So many moments, mm -hmm. so many emotional moments in this episode. And it's funny because talking about Outlaws, Outlaws is one that I never really, I don't think much of when I'm going, when I'm thinking about episodes in season one. I always think of it as, oh yeah, it's the other Sawyer flashback episode. I don't remember what great scenes are in this one. This one probably has some of the most memorable scenes of the whole series. I just don't remember that they're in the episode. Mm -hmm. yeah i i totally agree i feel like i think of i think of this episode and i'm like oh that's the one where sawyer is tormented by the boar you know like <laughs> that that's what i generally think of yeah and yet that is like now you know in retrospect just having watched it i feel like that's such a minor part of the episode what compared to these big moments between you know like like that lock scene you know the mm -hmm. a couple scenes the flashback he and kate you know um there are so many just big moments that overshadow you know kind of the the main storyline of the episode in a in a really good way like really mm -hmm. good moments um but yeah it is funny it's like an episode that i feel like there's 
quite a few episodes in season one that I don't typically think of as the best ones. But then you watch them and it's like, oh, man, there's some really good stuff in there. And this is definitely one of them. Yeah, and the thing about yeah, it's, you do think it's the one where Sawyer gets attacked by the boar, um, and it's just kind of the the oh yeah, oh yeah, Sawyer got attacked by a boar, and you just kind of think it, kind of go like oh yeah. But at the same time, I think the boar is kind of a fascinating thing in this episode, trying to figure mm-hmm. out what does that boar symbolize. Um, as you know, we have the lock scene where he's talking about the dog. Um, maybe I'm jumping in too quick with that, but we can talk about that. I think there is more to the boar than it's just Sawyer getting attacked by a boar. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And the other thing that I think I've never really thought about with this episode, um, and this kind of goes to the title of this episode, Outlaws. Uh, it, that, does, that, that title kind of reminds you of all the best cowboys have daddy issues. So you can kind of almost take it like, oh, yeah, it's another kind of cheeky cowboy title. But it's actually, I think this might be, of all the episodes we've talked about so far, and maybe all the episodes in season one, this might be the, the heaviest subject matter of an episode of Lost. Mm. Um, because I, I was watching, as I was watching it the, through these couple times, I'm, I'm thinking, boy, they are t- throughout it, every character is talking about or well Sawyer, Kate, and Charlie as well, killing a man, murder. That's mm. the topic. And it is, you know, it is deep. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's the heaviest subject matter we've had yet. And maybe perhaps in the whole ser- whole first season, at least. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I feel kind of almost dumb for not even thinking of this but you saying that i'm like oh my gosh that like the parallel between charlie and sawyer in this episode is Mm -hmm. so glaringly obvious when you say it that way like oh yeah they're both dealing with the fact that they killed someone (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um and i hadn't even thought about like i love charlie's part in this episode but i hadn't even thought about how he fits into that umbrella title of outlaws and Mm -hmm. how yeah i mean yeah i i absolutely agree the the depth of um like the weight of the things that the characters are dealing with in this episode i think you're right i i'm struggling to think of something that's heavier with especially with sawyer um even just the first flashback Mm -hmm. him dealing with remembering um you know his dad killing his mom and then killing himself and Sawyer was there you know like even just that is the darkest thing yeah. you know that I can think of almost you know yeah. um yeah they they immediately go very dark and then the episode kind of stays there the whole time mm-hmm. and that's, the darkness is that's another thing I think of with outlaws I think they did that on purpose with this episode. I've always, it seems like the, I guess you could call it the cinematography or like how they shot this episode. I don't know if you noticed this. I've always thought of this. Whenever I think of this episode, I think about Sawyer, but I think about him shot with a very, it's like dark. It's Mm. even the daytime shots. His hair looks darker. Mm -hmm. I've always thought in this episode throughout it, it's, 
I, I don't know who, maybe it was a different director for this one. I didn't even look at that, but it's, it feels like the, they intentionally did that because this is a very dark subject matter. Um, mm-hmm. That's always, I've always kind of noticed that about this episode. Maybe that's why they did it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think the, the shot that I remember often from two shots that I remember often from this episode are the, you know, near the end, Sawyer pointing the gun at the boar. It's mm-hmm. just a very kind of cinematic image of him pointing the gun. And it, it is a very dark shot and he, he looks very dark in it. You know, it the contrast is very dim. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other shot is him in the rain, um, you know, after he's already shot uh the shrimp guy um and Mm -hmm. that i mean that an incredibly dark shot um of him you can like barely see his face because it's nighttime and it's raining and all of that but Mm -hmm. um yeah i think i think you're totally right they they did something right with the cinematography in this one yeah because this episode is dark dork it is dark man and you i love that you brought up that opening scene because that opening scene, and this is sort of similar. I bet you feel the same way with like, like with special, where you didn't quite get the full weight of what was going on there as a kid. Mm-hmm. But you know, in the series so far, we did we've heard we've we've figured out that Sawyer, you know, he his parents were the victims. He's not Mister Sawyer. Mister Sawyer was the one who conned his parents and led to their deaths. We didn't know, though, that he was actually there when it all went to crap, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, yeah, this this first scene, as I'm watching it, these is, it, you put yourself in, in Sawyer's shoes as a little kid, and it is, that is probably the most traumatic thing that can happen to a little kid, mm-hmm. hiding under his bed when all that goes, it's, it's just, I mean, you understand... You, you watch that scene, you, you suddenly understand Sawyer a whole lot more when, you know, it's Kate's like, no one's that disgusting when he's talking, when he's Mr. Sawyer, but he has seen what the result of what Mr. Sawyer did as a kid. And you understand like, oh yeah, he has a dark view of humanity. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. If that doesn't create, you know, a, a twisted, you know, dark kind of cynical view of humanity and life. And yeah, I, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine what could, if, if that couldn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, yeah, I think this flashback scene, well, I mean the dream, I guess that he's having at that moment is nightmare um, is yeah. Basically what you need to know, of Sawyer as an as an origin story summarized almost it it mm-hmm. shows you so much about who he is um yeah and and incredibly dark and sad and you know for everyone else who all of these other characters who don't know that backstory um he just looks you know like kind of a despicable character but for us as the viewer it's like oh I I get him now you know mm-hmm and I think it's also significant in that flashback, the fact that his dad, after he kills his mom, he comes into his bedroom, Sawyer's bedroom, sits down on the bed and shoots himself. That, to me, that, I, 
you know, I, I haven't really thought about that before. You kind of just think of the scene like, oh, yeah, it's traumatic. But there's something to him sitting down on the bed and doing that, that I think is particularly significant, probably for Sawyer. I mean, you think about it. He came into his kid's bedroom and did that. Hmm. You know, and then further on in the episode and long in the episode, maybe I just that Sawyer has you no know, this. We find out Sawyer's dreaming this and then he wakes up in the first scene. You know, later in the episode, he has to dream again, but it's the boar mm. next to the bed. And then he wakes up. And it made me just go, I, I've noticed that before. And I, it's one of those where he's like, wait a second. I, you know, you think about in the episode, you think the boar kind of symbolizes the guy he killed. But does the boar mm-hmm. also symbolize his dad in some way? Mm. I don't know. I feel like that's that's such a big question for this episode because and i don't think i thought about it as much until this viewing i think Mm -hmm. i always kind of maybe conflated all of sawyer's past as represented in the boar almost you know Mm -hmm. um and i feel like i'm not sure if that's entirely accurate i feel like i don't know I feel like it represents the guy that he shot. Yeah. But I love the I love the fact that the nightmare turns into you know like his most fearful moment is that boar now and maybe it's the guy that he shot coming back somehow to haunt him. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's there's a lot to uh psychoanalyze and Sawyer in that whole thing, but uh <laughs> that's sure. my take. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's ambiguous, and we'll just have to, you know, draw our own conclusions. But I think there might be something to, I don't know. We can talk. Let's keep let's let's keep talking about the episode here. Maybe we'll stumble on something as we go. But mm-hmm. um, so Sawyer wakes up, of course, and we find the boar in his tent, and we have that whole that whole thing. <laughs> can you imagine being in the camp when Sawyer comes running through, shirtless, <laughs> wielding that stick, running after a boar? <laughs> I just want to see another character in there. Like Hurley's sitting there like Hurley wakes up and he looks and he's like, eh, yeah, and Sawyer's doing something again. He goes back to sleep. <laughs> One of the, the nameless extras yeah. just being like, Oh, what, what? Oh, Oh, one of those, those other people is going through some stuff again. Okay. Yeah. I thought I would get a good night's sleep for once, but either it's either Claire screaming or they found Claire or now Sawyer's running through. I swear. Never going to get a good night's sleep on this island. Come on, guys. Come on. But, yeah, so the boar runs through, so I runs after him into the jungle, and then we get the whispers. Uh, and amidst those whispers, we get, it'll come back around. So creepy. What? And that really, uh, that spooks Sawyer. You can tell he's kind of spooked there. Mm-hmm. And this brings me sort of to the whispers in general with Lost. It's one of those, that's one of those things that you've always kind of, I think they do eventually give some resolution as to what the whispers are. Um, I don't think we need to talk about those, but with Sawyer, 
in this moment, I do wonder a little bit if, you know, the it'll come back around um, is the perhaps the monster playing tricks on him. That's my kind of theory a little bit. Mm. Um, or it's, you know, because you, you talk, are the whispers, or are the whispers the others? Because, you know, the the others will come through. Or are the whispers the monster? Or are the whispers just, you know, ghosts on the island or something? It's one of those where it's a little ambiguous. But Or is it just in Sawyer's head, too? That's another thing. Sawyer, mm-hmm. the boar comes through, and Sawyer is, for some reason, just in that moment, he's having flashbacks to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and I think... You know, like like you're saying, you know, we can throughout the series, we can continue to um, explore, you know, like the way they reveal things about the whispers and stuff for this episode standing on its own. I think it's I don't know. There's something cool about there's no resolution Mm -hmm. to what the whispers are. Um, And it I feel like this is another one of those examples of things that could distract viewers um from the important things in the episode with a fun mystery Mm -hmm. like it's super fun to theorize about the whispers and for years it was like what's going on with that amidst other things but in this episode alone the central focus is sawyer and what's going on with him Mm -hmm. and for some reason that one phrase is the thing he hears in this mysterious jungle in the middle of the night after a boar tore through his camp. Mm -hmm. Um, And what does that mean to Sawyer that phrase, you know? Um, And it's just another good example of great storytelling, you know, in a very mysterious kind of ambiguous way, I think. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think you're right there. I think we should really just kind of focus on Sawyer. Yeah. He's fixating on that phrase it'll come back around. Um, and I think, yeah, that is significant that that is the phrase that they're fixating on. The writer's fixated on and Sawyer is fixating on in the episode. Um, what does that say about Sawyer? Hmm. Well, I think we keep, keep moving. Mm -hmm. I think there's some interesting things we can draw from as we go on here. But, uh, so, of course, Sawyer comes back to the camp the next day. He's cleaning up his campsite. We get the moment with Saeed. <laughs> Saeed's having some fun. <laughs> oh, and can you blame him? I mean, Saeed, he's had some he's had some times on this island. <laughs> he's got you got to take it when you can. Those little moments of joy. Yeah, he's been yeah. through some stuff, you know. And I do like the line where he's like, "I thought the boar had vacated this area." And, Sawyer's like, well, genius, I think we got some bad info. <laughs> I just like how they sneak that in there where it's like, yeah, Locke's not catching any boar anymore. You guys, come on. <laughs> Get with the pick. That It's clear he's not doing that. <laughs> I mean, your hunter is not hunting. He's doing something else. Uh, might be a waste of time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, meanwhile, later on in this episode, Locke is like, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, searching for random stuff out in the yeah, <laughs> in the <true>. woods. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's not covering his trail very well. I mean, it, Locke, you'd think Locke would want to, okay, I'm going to catch one boar at some point here just to make every, appease everyone, but he's too, he's too focused on the hatch. 
you got to remember, this is the man who tried to use a pen, which he <laughs> called a pencil, as a peace offering. It's a it's a peace offering. Come on, John. <laughs> Come on. Get your act together. What are you doing? But, and so, Saeed, his Sawyer asks Saeed about the whispers, and uh, Saeed says, why did you hear something? And Sawyer just can't uh, give him the satisfaction of admitting that yeah, I did hear something. Um, we get we we, of course Sawyer is not going to go into it any further with Saeed, uh, mm-hmm. but he's clearly grappling with something there. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's he's uh he's going through some stuff this week for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so he denies hearing anything, and then we get our first flashback of the episode. Um, I don't I don't know if we can. That's another thing. That that thing at the beginning. Do we call that a flashback or do we call that a dream? I think it's I think it's fair to call it a dream. Yeah. You know, it's if it's separate from the like main storyline of his flashbacks, I would say. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Which is, if you watch that as a dream, you think, hmm, I wonder how much of this is, you know, Sawyer embellishing versus. Mm. But we'll never know. Um, but so we get the flashback with Sawyer with a lovely lady coming in and, uh, who should interrupt him, but the, uh, the parking, uh, the parking manager from community. (laughs) That's where I've seen him. I was trying to remember that guy from that one episode of community. Sorry. That's a very deep cut. Just watched that episode a little while ago. So. (laughs) But no, that guy who's been in, it, it, he's one of those guys you like, you see him in a ton of stuff and you're like, oh yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's that type of character. He just shows up in things like this. Mm-hmm. Very well cast in this scene, I will say. He's, mm-hmm. he, you're like, this guy seems shady. Uh, it's perfect. And uh, we find out that he and Sawyer have a bit of a, a backstory and they got in a bit of a tiff at the Tampa job. I just, I like how these characters just kind of, you know, they, they got their own inside things. You know, we had the Tampa job and you know, he, <laughs> this guy was running whatever he was running back in the day. And they're talking shop. They're cool mm-hmm. con guys. I wish I could talk like a cool con man. I think you just have to reference something, um, you know, like a city and uh, just be like, oh, nothing, nothing's ever the same after after tampa you know something <laughs> like that and that just is like oh he's oh he's got a he's got a backstory interesting i wonder what happened in tampa you know what could make us even for the tampa job <laughs> so cool these guys are so cool <laughs> but so mr hibbs as he's called tells sawyer that he thinks he's found the guy mr sawyer um and that he runs a shrimp truck and all this stuff. And I do think that, you know, he, he sets him up with this thing. He's like, I got this for you. And he, uh, it's interesting because the con man actually hooks the con man. Like a con man hooks a con man in this scene with uh, mm-hmm. this task. And it's so interesting to see the way he kind of baits him into it 
mm-hmm. know, obviously, like there's there there's the clear baiting of saying this is the guy who ruined your life, mm-hmm. you know, and and giving kind of a reasonable explanation of it. Yeah. But one line that stood out to me that um I don't think I'd ever noticed before in the significance of the episode was when Sawyer first like pins him against the yep. wall mm-hmm. and he's like um uh he says you know besides we both know you're not the killing uh, type, the killin type. Mm-hmm. um and or the type to kill a man or whatever it was but um the that line i feel like is such a good con man's way to first kind of plant the you know even just the thought in Sawyer's head of killing someone, you know, like, are you that type of guy? Mm-hmm. And then to feed him this information, um, which is like so subtle, but it just sets him up for, you know, kind of a central question of the episode, which is yep. who are you? And are you the type of person that could cross that line? Um, and he's he begins it immediately as soon as he sees Sawyer, basically. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a true con man. Yeah, it's significant. I think that is kind of the thesis of this episode. Um, is, you know, Sawyer is the killing type. If Sawyer is the killing type, then he will do this. Then he will kill this man. Um, and I think that uh, it's significant. Uh, that question, we that that statement, we both don't know you're not the killing type. Um, it goes back to Confidence Man, where we were talking about Sawyer. Sawyer's got this persona that's become more than a persona for him. It's become who he is. He has mm. adopted it. He is Mr. Sawyer. And this is a direct challenge to that identity is taken on for himself because this is, here it is. Here's the guy the true Mr. Sawyer would not hesitate to kill this man. Mm. Are you Mr. Sawyer? Um, and so Sawyer's and, and Sawyer is grappling with that throughout the flashbacks. Um, and it's one of those where it, it, it's, he really has to try to figure out who he is, who he really is with it. So it's significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And, the central question yeah is is he the type of person that would do this and you know even above that it's like what type of person are you you know like you you will find out who you really are in this mm-hmm. sort of circumstance but um yeah the, the the whole scene is very skillfully written um to feel very authentic but when you rewatch it and know he's being conned the whole time you can see the way he's setting him up throughout that whole scene. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. I like how the scene ends with a lingering shot of Hibbs sitting mm-hmm. there with the look in his eyes, which you, you watch it, watch it the first time. You might not think of anything, but you watch it again. You, you see the predator in his eyes. He is dead set on getting Sawyer to do what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sawyer doesn't see it because as as often as Sawyer is cool and calm and collected and the con man, Mr. Sawyer, this is the one thing that's like his kryptonite. Um, and he can't see that he's clearly being conned. 
because it's getting too personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So uh, back on the island after that flashback, we do have a, a bit of a break from Sawyer for a second where we also find Jack and Kate hanging out. And we get kind of Kate's motivation for the episode where Jack tells her that, uh, yeah, you know, I got all the guns except for uh, for one. And, of course, it's Sawyer. And Kate says, I can get it back from him because I can I speak his language, which is a, a fascinating line. <laughs> she... Kate's basically admitting here that, you know, maybe they do have a connection where she's kind of denied it before. She's like, I do speak his language a little bit so I can help. I can get it back from him. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Jack is just like, nah, no. (laughs) Well, well, Jack, Jack's um, response is, is interesting where he's like, I just don't want you to owe him anything. Don't do this. I don't want you to owe him anything. Right. Which is, hmm, because Jack understands, I think he understands sort of the the slippery slope it can be for her and Sawyer to be together. Mm. Because he understands she's she's an outlaw type too. Mm -hmm. Well, and in a way, Jack understands Sawyer's language too, because he understands that Sawyer is the type of guy who, you know, will just need leverage you know, to get what he wants. Like it's, uh, he's all about the transactional sort of thing where he can, um, if he has stuff, then he can gain leverage over other people. Um, and so in a way, Jack, Jack gets him a little bit too there. Yep. Yep. Jack gets what's going on here, but Kate decides she's going to do it, get that gun back. And she goes about it talking to Sawyer. Um, the interaction they have, I think the line that, that struck me where Kate says, Kate asks Sawyer, what are you doing? And Sawyer phrases it this way. He says, getting even mm. with the boar, uh, which it's, it's Sawyer clearly is out for revenge. That's his mindset. Revenge. Uh, he, he believes this is just, you know, the boar situation, of course, but it's deeper than that, where it's like, I, I will finally find peace by getting even. Mm. That's kind of his, that's sort of the um, redemption worldview. uh, The redemption part of his worldview isn't, you know, uh, anything very redemptive. It's getting even. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, yeah, it's it's interesting when you you know juxtapose it obviously with his flashbacks. It's like, oh, he's just doing the same thing he did. Yes, you know, <laughs> he's he's falling into the same trap because that's kind of who he is. You know, he's mm-hmm. someone wronged me, so I must get revenge, and that will yeah, like you said, bring me peace somehow. You know, it'll it'll even the scales. But um, for Kate or any outsider, it's like that that's ridiculous it's it's a wild animal (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah she says you're gonna get yourself lost or worse is how she phrases it um going after the boar 
And yeah, I think it's significant that Sawyer's doing this as we as we notice exactly again. He's doing the exact same thing he's doing in the flashback, which shows that there's no learning for Sawyer. He doesn't really learn from his mistakes necessarily um, because his persona doesn't allow for it. It's like I'm still Mr. Sawyer, uh, and I just can't. There's no room for anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sawyer, he thinks the boars are asking him. He goes on trying to get revenge. Will he get revenge? I suppose we shall see, but I think I'm looking at the time, and maybe it's about time for us to take a quick commercial break. Mm-hmm. Well, we shall take a break. <laughs> commercial break. We don't have any commercials. What am I saying? No one's paying us to do this. <laughs> We're t- oh, come on. <laughs> Please pay us to do it. <laughs> but no, we, we will take a quick break and we will be right back with more. See you in another life, brothers, after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life, brothers. We are talking about outlaws. And I believe we've reached the point of the episode where we have another flashback. Uh, Sawyer, we find him in Sydney, Australia. We can tell that because the Sydney Opera House is in the background. <laughs> Pretty much the the main way you can always tell in a movie when you're in Sydney. <laughs> yes, there's there's going to be that Opera House. That, I think that's like the only thing in Australia that just that's mm-hmm. it. Whenever you're in Sydney, you are within view of the Opera House. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's right there. It's just there. I bet Australian mm-hmm. people just hate that opera house. They're like, Ugh, come on. Come on. There's more to our country than that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. But anyway, I digress. So Sawyer goes, he's going to buy himself a gun because uh, it's, well, he's going to get a, illegally get a gun because it's not allowed in Australia. The Aussies don't allow you to get a gun. Um, and he has this interaction with this guy. And uh, the line that he gives, very, (laughs) I just wanted to buy a gun. I didn't need a lecture here, but (laughs) you look a man in the eye and you point a gun at him, you find out who you really are, mate. And should you find you're not a killer, there's no refund. And by the way, this guy's name is Stuart. I found that out from IMDb, so (laughs) this character's name. I, uh, I, this this is honestly it's a great scene mm-hmm. um i'm gonna make a joke about it but i love this scene like it's a, such yeah. a good cinematic kind of moody scene and fits the theme of the episode so well but yeah it is kind of funny to imagine this gun dealer just being like like hey are you sure you want to kill someone you know like or yeah. just being like um you know giving that whole spiel like does he does he do that for everyone or did he think that sawyer was maybe not prepared or something because sawyer looks the part of a menacing guy who would kill someone but Mm -hmm. i don't know um i i love the scene but i i every time i see it i'm like man that that guy's pretty invested in this shady gun deal but whatever You you know there's almost a mystical quality to this episode uh, with this this scene, with the scene with Christian later in the episode, mm. the flashback specifically, it's almost like a, you know, like 
theater of the absurd, like this, it's almost an allegory for like a man's descent into hell is almost kind of what it feels like because his Christian points out later, you are in hell. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and this is like one of those steps along the line on the line where suddenly just the guy selling him a gun just kind of breaks the, the illusion almost and goes, you know, and speaks directly to Sawyer's situation. Um, It's just, it's sort of mystical. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's great. I love it. Um, and I, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, and I think, you know, what I love about the episode is I feel like there are so many things that almost just happen to Sawyer. Mm-hmm. It's almost this whole episode of Sawyer just kind of encountering things. Sure. Until the end when it's like, who are you Sawyer? And he has to make a decision about, mm-hmm. you know, in the flashback and in, in the present. Um, and I think that that's totally true. There's something kind of mystical about all of these encounters and especially this scene. And I love his whole spiel about when you point a gun at someone, you find out who you really are. Um, yeah, it's, it's all kind of leading in the direction of what are, what are you going to do as you descend Sawyer? You know, what is the decision going to be? Mm-hmm. Who are you? You've, you're going to find out who you really are. Are you really Sawyer? Mm. And Sawyer's response is really significant because he says, won't be a problem. Hmm. That's his response. He's just like, nope, I can do it. I can kill a man. There's, there's not going to be any issue with it. Nothing. Um, and that's how you see he's, he, he, either he fully firmly believes that because he's he's so taken on the identity of Sawyer, or he's trying to psych himself up um, and convince himself that he's Sawyer. Either way, clearly he's in a bit of a delusion there because mm-hmm. there's going to be some issues. Mm-hmm. In a yeah, in a way, I mean, you know, you can just see him in the same way that he's taken on a persona that's not his in the name Sawyer, he's still just keeping up appearances, you know, Mm -hmm. won't be a problem. That's, that's the thing that Sawyer would say. Yeah. He's convinced. Mm -hmm. So Sawyer, Sawyer gets himself a gun in the flashback. Moving back to the Island. Sawyer's, uh, going boar hunting and not doing too hot. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, he's been going in circles, as Kate points out, trying to track Boone. <laughs> um, but uh, and Kate, being the clever, savvy person she is, takes advantage of this uh, and gets trying to get herself some carte blanche, <laughs> some blank check. Uh, and Sawyer is just desperate enough to let her, which I see the connection there where Kate's almost playing sort of the Hibbs role on the Island in a yeah. in a weird way where she's like, I, I, he's just vulnerable enough to give this to me right now because he's clearly, this is more than just a bore. Um, and, uh, Kate k- kind of senses that and she's going to get what she wants, which is that gun and also anything else <laughs> down the line. She's smart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, I, I like when they show Kate being 
clever and all that stuff. I think I feel like she's such a good character, and the thought that she would see this opportunity in what Sawyer's going through is like just kind of a cool thing. You know, she is just as much as Sawyer. You know, kind of the clever. You know, she's a criminal. You know, yeah. she's the type who could see something and see an opening. Uh, and figure out how to use it to her advantage just as much as Sawyer could. She speaks his language. Mm-hmm. She's right. So she gets, she convinces him to let her join him. And thank goodness she did because uh, we get this next scene, which is one of the great scenes in the episode where they play a little I never. Mm-hmm. I, this scene to me, um, it's just such a good, it's so well written, um, because it moves so well with this game. You know, it starts out very, you know, kind of light and haha, we're doing these, I never things, but it gets so, it cuts to, to the core so brilliantly as it kind of narrows down to a point where it gets to that line, the devastating line there, I never killed a man, um, it's just moving in that direction so well. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, you know, I hadn't thought about it until just talking through the episode right now, but, you know, I, I always think of this scene and how great it is, how well written and well acted between, you know, both actors and going through the whole thing. It's such a great scene. Mm-hmm. And I always think of that ending line as like, oh yeah, that's that's just dark. They both learn something incredibly dark about each other. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that it happens in this episode where the central kind of thing is Sawyer dealing with the fact that he killed someone. And so for him, you know, obviously it is like the darkest thing, you know, that you could admit, like I killed someone. Um but it's interesting to see with that being kind of a central focus of the episode, that's where Sawyer goes when they're going deeper and deeper with I never mm-hmm. for him to finally just be like, okay, let's, let's go as dark as we can. I never killed a man, you know? Yeah. Um, it just has a different, different level of weight to it than if it had come in a different episode where that wasn't the central flashback. Mm-hmm. totally it's kind of like a great fight this scene mm. uh where it's they're going back and forth and it's it's a struggle at the beginning it's like they're they're kind of trying to take each other down with these i nevers well it starts out cutesy and then it it gets deeper and deeper um and as they as it, it's almost like sawyer went i i get the feeling like sawyer wants to play I never at the beginning because he wants he's he's kind of been trying to do this the whole series basically where he's trying to convince Kate that she's on his level you know they're both um, you know bad people basically mm-hmm. and Kate is resisting throughout um, and she's doing things like um where she's i never blamed bore for all my problems things like that where it's she's tweaking him for those things uh because she's you're being ridiculous you you're 
and Sawyer is resisting and coming in closer and closer to the kill. Um, it's a great back and forth we get where finally, I think we can say Sawyer at the end, he gets his victory because he's, I never killed a man. And then he says kind of with a smirk, well, or we looks like we've got something in common after all. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, you're totally right. Like he gets the victory in the idea that um, he gets the thing that he's been wanting from the beginning to show her that they're on the same level. Yeah. But even in that moment, it feels like both of them kind of bitterly come to that conclusion in a way, you know, I feel like there's, there's some self satisfaction from Sawyer but I feel like both of them kind of are like, like, oh man, we're, we're both outlaws. We're both, you know, the, the bad type or whatever. Um, and, uh, I love that in a Sawyer episode, there's this self reflection for Kate as well in this scene, you know, the two of them are kind of considering who they are as they're, you know, in some ways pointing out the flaws in each other, but then realizing, you know, what's going on internally for, for each of them as well. Um, yeah, there's, we could go 90 minutes about this scene alone, <laughs> you yeah. know, the, so, so much there. Sawyer is in a we in a very weird way. He's reaching out to Kate, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't want to be alone. I think, I think it, it's, he doesn't want to be alone with this demon. He's, he's fighting. Obviously he's, he's reflecting on, the time he killed the man because he's the boar and the whisper and everything and he just wants to be with the only other person on this island who just don't belong it's he or he or he puts it um and he he, he gets to that point with her and kate kind of comes along unexpectedly um, mm-hmm. she's, she's sprung into his almost his come along and mope with me trap Mm-hmm. yep he's bringing her down to his level in some mm-hmm. ways yeah. as you say it's a great scene there's so many things we could reflect on in this scene but i there's a few lines that i just wanted to mention i think at the beginning of the scene i did like the line where um kate says jack was looking for the liquor cart and sawyer says it's a good thing i found it instead then <laughs> Which beautifully sets up the contrast between those two characters. Um, yep. <laughs> where it's like, Jack would have used it for some boring medical purposes. I want to have, I want to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That one. And then I also think it's significant where Sawyer says, I've never been in love. That, that mm. line. <laughs> he, he's, I think it speaks to the jaded. His persona has not allowed him to access that area of his life, mm. which is very revealing about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, one of the lines uh, that I kind of forget about um, in this one is, uh, you know, I've never been married and, yeah. <laughs> and Kate drinks, but it's, you know, she's like, it didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. And just, I feel like that's such a cool thing to do something like that 
you know, for us as like viewers to be like, oh, wait, so are we going to get a flashback where we explain that, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what's what's the deal with that? You can't um, just drop that on us. Come mm-hmm. on. I I just love when there's like a throwaway line. You know, I mean, I mean, it's not a throwaway, but like it happens so quickly, and you're like, wait, so there's there's that whole backstory to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just love stuff like that. For sure. Yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah, let's not go on for four hours about it, but let's just let's just settle on it's a great scene and move on because there's more to talk about. Mm-hmm. Of course. So after that, we get the thing I talked about earlier, the second dream, where mm. in this one, the boar replaces Sawyer's father. Um, and then he wakes up sweating. Um, and we find out once again, this boar took it out on Sawyer. <laughs> and Sawyer his- alone, he didn't do anything to Kate's stuff. Mm hmm. Which adds to the mystical quality of this episode. It's, yeah. On the island, clearly there is some mystical stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes me think, is the boar... Are, you know, we have the boar and later we have other animals for other characters. Is this monster-induced? Is this the island? We can go... We could debate about that all day. <laughs> but I love it. It's per, it's just a great, it's a great um, part of this episode that very symbolic, very great. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, he said, Sawyer's like the things got it in for me. And then we get your favorite part of this episode. Yeah. Come out of the jungle, <laughs> but everyone's favorite weirdo, John Locke. <laughs> Once again, is he a psycho or is he a sage? You know, I mean, this is a this is some prime John Locke right here. Absolutely. And so John's, so what happened to your campsite? <laughs> um, and decides, hey, let's have some coffee. Let's talk around the fire. Um, and we get this story that he tells about his sister, Jeannie. Um, and the the fact that uh, she died on the fell off the monkey bars, his mother felt guilty for it, um, and then the dog came, sat on Janie's slept on Janie's old bed for the rest of his mother's his foster mother's life, um, and he at the end, uh, well the 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 dog comes in and his mother looks at the dog and then bursts into tears and the conclusion they come with is you know he came to let his mom off the hook that phrase sticks out to me off the hook let her off mm-hmm. the hook um what do you think of this story i well for me the the thing that stands out the most to me with with the story and this scene is um, the way it ends where he, you know, Locke tells him, you know, he came to, you know, that's what my, uh, my stepmom, uh, assumed or whatever, you know, that, um, or was it his mom or wait, it's his foster, 
foster family, foster that's right. foster home is foster mom. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's what she assumed that you know Janie had come back to let her off the hook, and then he finishes the story and pauses and looks at Sawyer as he's kind of mm-hmm. he can tell that Sawyer is contemplating it, and then he smiles. Yes, and that smile is so perfect like i i watched this scene i went back and rewatched it right after i finished watching the episode and then i rewatched it again right before we started recording because terry o'quinn every line in that he delivers so perfectly mm-hmm. and then that look at the end mm-hmm. i feel like i feel like this is a genuine story like a, a true thing that mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. like i don't think he's making it up just to mess with sawyer um but I think that he's giving Sawyer this story just to say, I don't know, but what do you think is going on here? You know, yeah. I think that there's something deeper going on here. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to give him enough of an ambiguous, weird story of like this animal was apparently something significant to someone in a very deep way and symbolic of something, the most significant part of her life, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, losing a child. What does that animal represent to you mm-hmm. or what could it represent to you? Um, and I feel like, you know, obviously Locke has no idea about Sawyer's backstory or anything at this point. I just love the way he gives him this story and it's like, Maybe there's something else going on here. And meanwhile, he's just like making coffee. You know, <laughs> it's I I just love everything about that scene for for Locke. But yeah, yeah I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on all of that? I'm glad you brought up the thing about Locke. You know, you don't think he made it up uh, to mess with Sawyer because that was my initial thought when I was taking notes on this a while. Actually, a while ago when I took when I watched this episode. I, I came up with that. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this a real story? Um, is Locke making it up to mess with him in some way? Is this kind of a more sinister thing? Um, which there is that you could interpret mm-hmm. it that way where, you know, Locke has had this communion with the monster and now um, he's trying to trigger Sawyer even more with it. Um, that's lead him down to lead him down a road where you know like lead him down a road off a cliff like the monster tried to get Jack run off the cliff back in White Rabbit um, but there's also the element of John Locke he did this with Jack too in White Rabbit where he, he sat down with him and he looked him in the eye and he said I've looked at the eye of this island and what I saw was beautiful he didn't tell Jack to he didn't force Jack to make the conclusion. He just basically told him it and was trying to get Jack to come to con- the conclusion on his own. I do think there's something to that. The fact that I think Locke is trying to get Sawyer to realize that everything happens for a reason. And there's a reason this boar is doing this to you. Um, there's, and there's a reason you're putting this significance on it. Um, and so maybe the, the lighter version of it to lot lighter way to look at it is so Locke's trying to get Sawyer to let go 
get him to realize that the boar has come back to help him uh, to um, tell him that he can, he's off the hook, you know? Mm. Um, and uh, you do, you, there is a, there is something to the fact that Locke maybe knows some more, something more about Sawyer than, you know, we, we would think that he wouldn't know anything about Sawyer's backstory. But as we find out later in the series, you know, Locke, and I don't know if the writers were thinking this when they, when in season one, but the Mr. Sawyer moniker, he asks Sawyer about his name, Sawyer. And he's like, why do you have that name? Why did you choose that name? Because Locke's father, eventually we find out, used that moniker too. Mm. So I I wonder if there's an element of that as well, where where Locke is, he he he's like, I I get the feeling nothing's a coincidence. That that name means something to me too. Maybe this guy was also a victim. Mm. Maybe I can help him get off the hook. Maybe mm. there's something that there's so many levels to this um, thing. It, it's a great scene, as you point out. Mm-hmm. for that reason i think there's a lot of ways to read it i i love it and i feel like y- your um connection to white rabbit with that scene between jack and Locke um is is such a good parallel because i feel like in that scene um you know you see jack is going through something and Locke just basically is like well let's just toss logic out the window what if it what if what you're seeing is real, you know, mm-hmm. when he's, he's seeing his father. And I feel like in this scene, it's, it's very similar in that Locke seems to be just being like, well, what if, what if what you're going through is more than just a boar who's out, you know, who's tearing through your stuff? What if there's something more? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah. I love the ambiguity of it. And I love that you can see so many different things like, like we're both talking about in there. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's just some, some grade a lock, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. good, good lock material right there. Yeah, for sure. It's great lock material. Um, yeah. This, this scene is so significant for so many reasons. Um, but yeah, so we get we get this moment, and then Sawyer's kind of left to to wonder about it. Um, oh, that I, sorry, I was I had one more thought. I just realized mm. um, with Locke, one more thing I wanted to say about this scene. This is kind of one of we had it in White Rabbit. We have this one throughout the season one. Locke has moments with different characters. I noticed. Um, where he's sort of trying to convert them, it feels mm. like, to the island, you know. And this is one of those. He does it with a few other characters as we go about. Um, and it's Locke's way of sort of reaching. He, he As he put it to Boone um, in Hearts and Minds, he said they're not. They're, I think it was Hearts and Minds where he's talking about the other people. They're not ready to know about the hatch. Mm-hmm. They're not ready. Um, in, in Locke's mind, he needs to open their eyes. Um, and that's what I think he's trying to do this with Sawyer. He's trying to do this with other characters. Um, 
it's his way of trying to reach out and connect and try to sort of even convert them to this almost kind of religion he's got going on. It's, it's fascinating. Mm. I think that's a really good metaphor for a lot of what's going on. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked about it with Boone as almost like his disciple. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it does feel like throughout the, the first season, what we've seen so far, especially just Locke kind of prodding people and, you know, seeing like, are they ready? Do they see what's magical about this place? Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I love that it doesn't come in the same form every time. Like this is different from the other, those other scenes. So Mm -hmm. totally. So Locke is trying to convert Sawyer. Does it work? We shall see. Um, but as we go on in the episode, we get another flashback and we find Sawyer visiting the shrimp truck. A uh, very uh, kind of ominous scene. Uh, we get this nice shrimp truck guy, Frank, right? <laughs> he seems like a nice enough guy. I mean, poor Frank. Poor <laughs> Frank, man. But poor Frank in this scene, too. He's just trying to keep up conversation. And this this Sawyer guy just won't give him anything, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he makes him this nice spicy shrimp meal. And then he doesn't, he's just, he, he just runs away. Come on, Sawyer. You could have at least taken the shrimp. You could have at least taken the shrimp. What are you doing? He got it all ready for him. Come on. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. Um, One thing about this scene I did think was significant. I do think it's significant overall with the character of Sawyer. Um, When Frank asks Sawyer his name. Sawyer, of course, he can't say Sawyer uh, because he thinks this guy is Mr. Sawyer. And so he says his real name, James. And to me, that that in that scene, he said him saying James, I, it just it struck me. I don't know why in this. It, James, the name James, there's so much to James. I think, it, it, I don't know why, but it, it made me think of the biblical James. Mm the letter about how, you know, the whole thing with James and the Bible is faith without action, you know, mm. is dead. Um, to me, that, that, that's, that's such a great name for sort. His real name is James. Um, because he's, he's supposed to be a guy that believes in is putting his faith into action, but he just doesn't have any faith. So all of his actions are dead. To me, it's mm. it's kind of that's what I see as Sawyer. Um, I don't know. I, I, just the connection I made as I was watching it, like I do, I do think it's very significant they chose James for his mm-hmm. name, his real name. I like that. That's really cool. I mean, yeah, I think they're intentional about all the names for mm-hmm. for many different reasons. I think one thing that's also cool, just a different thing about that moment is, if I'm not mistaken that's the first time he says his name in the series, right? Um, I think, uh, I think somewhere in there, they said James Ford. Oh, they did. Uh, maybe not though. I don't know. That's I, I'm pretty be. sure that that's the first time, or at least the first time we hear Sawyer say it, I feel like, um, but maybe I can double check that afterwards, but, um Mm -hmm. either way hearing him say 
James instead of Sawyer, when we're so used to hearing him say it, feels just like, I don't know, it gives it this almost more like kind of intimate feeling for the scene because it's him, him admitting something true about himself when he's always putting up walls mm-hmm. and he's facing this man who he believes to be the most kind of significant ominous figure in his life mm-hmm. and he chooses you know to use his actual name yeah. um i don't know there's something just kind of you know he it's taking down the walls of sawyer in that moment mm-hmm. having to say his real name there having to stand there hear him say love them southern women right um, it's all sort of like disarming him in that moment you can sense it because he's he's shaken with the gun and clearly sawyer realizes what he thought wouldn't be a problem is a problem mm-hmm. and he can't he can't do it and so he runs away and where does he go i think it's significant he goes to a bar um because the this is a, a moment of pure crisis for him because he, he, he suddenly he's not his persona anymore. Suddenly he's just James and he can't bear it. So he's got to drink his troubles away. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get that, that bar scene, um, which is a great, great scene. Uh, but I'm looking at the time again. Why don't we take another break and then we can dive into that great scene how does that sound sounds good all right well we shall return in a moment on see you in another life brothers after this welcome back to see you in another life brothers and let's get into this scene this scene with christian and sawyer at the bar um one of the most memorable scenes and lost um and one it, it i it's one where i've got a ton of notes just i think it's one of those where you could dissect every single line of the script and it would be tremendous mm-hmm. one thing i do love about this scene is the the, the, the details um when sawyer's sitting there at the bar and then christian says he has misplaced his wallet um it's it's just brilliant the continuity of it because you know Jack finds his wallet in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> Little things like that. Um, but so they get into this conversation, and as I mentioned before the break, when when Sawyer's at the shrimp truck, I thought it was significant that he said his name was James here in the bar. When uh, Christian asked him his name, he says, my name is Sawyer, mm. um, which is, I think, his attempt to he, he's he's grappling with it still. He's like, no, I'm Sawyer. I am Sawyer, um, even though he just realized he's not Sawyer <laughs> at the shrimp trunk. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's trying to it's almost like he's trying to r- regain his confidence, you know, just he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to be himself anymore, you know, even though he is still in such a vulnerable state. He's trying to bring himself back up, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Christian gives the line, you know why they call Australian down under, don't you? Because it's as close as you can get to hell without getting burned. 
which is uh, this is Sawyer's lowest point. It's just it's one of the, that, that mystical quality again, just perfect. It's it's an allegory for what Sawyer's going through right now. He has descended into the lowest pit of the most self-loathing part of who he is, and Christian captures it perfectly with that line. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's also. I've always thought with that line, um, it, like it, it's such a great line for this episode alone. I feel like it's another one of those moments that could have um, sparked a bunch of fan theories about, you know, like, oh, is that an allusion to the fact that, you yeah. know, Sawyer was just about to crash on the island? And is the island itself hell? You know, like mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like, like you were saying, you know, there's so many mystical sort of elements of it. It feels like that's such a clear, it could have been such a clear, you know, allusion to like, oh, the actual reality of their, they had died in the plane crash and they went to hell or something like that. But yeah, um, but it's such a good, good line, even just for this episode alone, um, even without, you know, having that sort of possible mystery thrown in there. But yeah. Totally, yeah. Purgatory. It is purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get the next the next line I have in my notes. Um, the line Christian gives where he says, it's fate. Some people are just supposed to suffer. That's why the Red Sox will never win the damn series. Mm-hmm. I... This this line, um, and we can talk about it when we get to the part with Jack and Sawyer at the end of the episode. I just love how it contrasts with the way Jack uses it. Um, but it's it, some people are just supposed to suffer. Uh, I think that's that speaks to a, one of the the big um, uh, philosophies of Lost. You know, if you look at the, the overall arching show, what I love about it is it's kind of competing philosophies going at each other. This this is the um, the fate philosophy. This is, you know, the man of faith looks at it this way. It's like, I have no personal, there's nothing I can do. I'm just meant to suffer. Um, and Sawyer's coming up against that here. He's like, is this just meant the way it's meant to be that sort of thing mm. and it's interesting because you know i mean maybe it's an effect of what happens obviously with the rest of the episode but you know sawyer is kind of a character who seems to be um consumed with the fact that like well i i have a part to play as the bad guy you know so my fate or my yeah, I guess my fate, my place in this life is to play that role. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that uh, philosophy brought up by someone else and Sawyer's sitting there you are sitting there contemplating, you know, who he is um, as a kind of a character defining moment as he's as he's trying to figure that out, because um, I feel like that's just such a central thing for him throughout the series of him defining himself by that sort of role um Mm -hmm. you know does he have to be that sort of person does he have to be the outcast and and kind of the villainous 
cynic guy. Yeah. I think he's also wondering, is there a way to ease this suffering? Is there actually a way? He thinks, mm. you know, because he's going, getting even, as he talked about with Kate. Can I ever get even to where I'm actually, you know, I, I'm down here. I want to get back up here. And the only way I can get back up here, I think, is to kill this guy. Mm. Is that the answer? Um, and Christian is pointing his kind of bringing them down and saying, nope, everyone's just meant to suffer. We're all just, you know, there's nothing you can do necessarily. Um, he's kind of coming up against that sort of self-loathing sort of perspective. This is his, this is his hell. Yep. And then we get um, the, I won't read this whole thing, but I, I wrote down this whole, monologue he has about Christian talking about Jack mm. um, where he says you know I have a son about your age he's not like me he does what's in his heart um, he's a good man maybe a great one um, this reveal I love it because it, it you know you, you think of Christian what we've seen so far in the flashbacks he's just a harsh dad right he's just a dad who um was tough it's tough on jack but we peel back the layers and we realize what we kind of suspected in white rabbit right where you know he was saying you don't have what it takes and he's he's talking to him and we see what we see is a guy who's who has it all together and he's telling jack he doesn't have it all together but what's he doing while he's doing it he's drinking we realize here christian's admitting it he's like um, I can't do what's in my heart because I feel like I, I have to, you know, I have to keep up this persona to keep my keep my world together. Um, but he admits that Jack is a better man than he because Jack actually has the courage to do um, to actually go after it, as opposed to him who's, you know. I'm just a guy who's meant to suffer. And yeah. And I love, there's so many moments like, like you were saying that, that are so good in that, but I love the way that he seems to be monitoring, you know, or kind of uh, making sure he says what he's saying the right way. You know, he, he catches himself at one point saying, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so, uh, I forget, I'm so proud of what he did to me, what yeah. he did for me, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. that whole thing, you know, it's like he's, he's self-reflected and he realizes um, that what Jack did, even though it, you know, ruined his career, it ruined his life in, in many ways, you know it was the right thing to do. And the fact that he can recognize that and say, I'm proud of what he did um, is one thing, but that he can also reflect and say, I am too weak to call him and tell him, you know, that I know, you know, and that I'm proud of him and, you know, how much, how much he sees in him. Um, It's a tremendously sad scene. For mm-hmm. that reason, you know, I mean, it's 
interesting and dramatic to to know oh he wasn't just a villain through to the end in some ways you know he wasn't just this bad guy uh, who never recognized his wrongs he could see that he had done wrong but in the end he was too weak to admit it to his son uh, and let him know you know that he saw that uh, mm-hmm. that he could see what he had done wrong and that it was right for Jack to to um, do what he did. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I think the part of the line that is, is significant, very significant, is that he says, one simple phone call and I could fix everything. And then Sawyer says, why don't you? And he says, because I am weak. I could fix everything. What's Jack? Mm. Jack is the fixer, right? Mm. Jack is the type who, who, as he says, he, he does what's in his heart. Jack fixes. And he's got that drive to fix things. Christian, on the other hand, it, it's, it's almost, it's like, it's two halves of something that could be a beautiful whole. I think that's what we're talking about. That's the tragedy of this scene. Because Christian has the context, I feel like. Jack Jack is lost because he never fully understood what his father, you know, was saying. Jack just felt like he was just challenging him to fix more and more. And so do more and more. But what Christian really was trying to say to him is you you don't have to fix everything. Um you're, you're going to ruin yourself. But Christian couldn't admit that he's ruining himself. Um, it's sort of this, like they could, there's this disconnect between the two of them. Mm. And that's the tragedy. I think we're looking at here. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, and when it mattered most, you know, Christian did see a way that he could fix. Yeah. What was there but he couldn't bring himself to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is the the most tragic part, you know, in this scene. But Yeah, we see the glim- there's a glimmer of, like, something there that could be redemptive, but he just can't bring, him to do- bring himself to do it because he can't admit to... He can't admit his weakness to Jack. I think there's still that there, too, where he's like, I mm-hmm. just can't there's still that competitive relationship they had that was unhealthy, you know, where it's father and son competing. Um, You don't have what it takes sort of thing. Mm. It's tragic. Yep. Um, But Sawyer, of course, he, he, I, then Christian turns to Sawyer and says, this business you have, um, will it ease your suffering? And Sawyer who's still in just this great conflict within himself. He, he still thinks it will. Um, finally, he, he's like, I don't know. Yes, it will. And he says, what are you doing here? So Christian encourages Sawyer to do something that, you know, it, it's it, without knowing what it is. Of course, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it, it won't ease his suffering. 
but Christian is like, don't make the same mistake I will, I did and actually do something, which is not going to fix it. Mm-hmm. And the, the double kind of tragedy of this scene is that, you know, they, they kind of, these two characters kind of encourage each other to do the opposite of what they should do. Yeah. Because Sawyer buys him a drink, you know, mm. he, he mm. encourages him, he buys the bottle and is like, yeah, you know, just keep drinking, which we know is what kills him. What, yeah. what ends up being his downfall. Mm-hmm. And then Christian tells Sawyer, if it's going to ease your suffering, go do that thing. And <laughs> of course we know, you know, that's not what he should do. He, he shouldn't kill this guy. Like we, we know more, you know, in the, in the rewatch than Sawyer does, of course, but yeah. it's just so sad to see these two characters in this really introspective moment set, you know, encourage one another to go in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's like two lost souls without their hmm, constant. Mm. Hmm. It, it, it really, it, it, you know, that really is. It's what it is. Yeah. Christian needs Jack. Sawyer needs someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just don't have them. So they're two, the blind leading the blind. And that never goes well. Yep. Great scene. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to mention about that one before we move on. I don't think so. I think just another another great scene where I feel like every every line, I can't think of the actor's name who plays Christian, mm-hmm. every line he delivers, I feel like he does so skillfully, you know, to show a guy who is in in his most desperate, sad moments, but unable to pull himself up to just go make a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, what a what a sad situation to be in. Um, and he, he delivers every line so perfectly. Yeah. He's played by, I just looked it up, played by John Terry. So shout mm-hmm. out, John. Good performance. <laughs> Great job. You're the real MVP. Yeah. Um... So, after that, we get back to the island, and we get back to Kate and Sawyer still going after the boar. Um, We get the moment where Sawyer uses the baby boar for bait, um, which I I think the only comment I'll make on that is it's his persona, his persona has so consumed him that now he's using innocent creatures um, to get what he wants, uh, which is just, it's so perverse because he was once that innocent creature that, um, it had to witness it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you can read a lot. Of, I mean, it's just him using the baby boar. He's a jerk, but I think there's something to that. Mm-hmm. I also love how quickly Kate is like, okay, this crosses the line. I'm out of here. You know, like mm-hmm. how, how the lines have not blurred for her at all. She's just like, oh, yeah you're being a terrible person and leaves. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like how she says, find your own way home. And Sawyer says, won't be a problem. Just like he said, won't be a problem <laughs> to kill the, to kill Frank in the flashback. Oh, that's, that's a good parallel. Yeah. Sawyer is so convinced that he can do it on his own. 
but new. Um, and we get the example of that right afterwards where now we get the scene um, where the flashback, the ultimate climax of it, will Sawyer kill Frank or not in the rain? And I think Sawyer, convinced by Christian that, you know, he doesn't want, he does not want to end up like this guy who's just stuck in his suffering. He's like this, I got to do it. Um, and he pulls the trigger. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And poor, poor uh, Frank, right? Man, he, he had to be so confused. And then to realize, you know, <laughs> that Sawyer's just as confused, confused as he is. What a tragic scene. Yeah. As Frank puts it, you don't know what you're doing, do you? It's a great line because mm -hmm. it sums up. He's James has taken on the Sawyer persona, but he doesn't know how to drive it. <laughs> he's he's you don't know what you're doing, do you? At the core of it, you pretend like you do. You you make all the moves. But when it all comes down to it, when the cards are down, you don't know what you're doing. Mm hmm. And then he says it'll come back around. Mm -hmm. They're like, "Oh, it was it was Frank who said that." And that's what he's hearing in the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Man, and the uh, just the look on Sawyer's face when he realizes Hibbs is the one behind it all who put him up to this and mm -hmm. you know tricked him. The the con man was conned. Um, he he plays that scene so perfectly, you know, just the, the look of just horror when he realizes what he's done, um, mm -hmm. is just, Oh man, it's so, so dark. But... Yep. Yep. And Sawyer's left at the end of this, these flashbacks, he's kind of left to go. What have I learned from all this? And clearly as we see on the Island, he doesn't learn anything. Cause he just keeps being Mr. Sawyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so will he make a different decision on the island? Now we come back to it where Sawyer finally comes face to face with this boar. Um, and we get the moment where he's pointing the gun at him at the boar and we get the close up on the boar's eyes. And it is just crazy when you watch this scene did they did they i wonder if they did casting for these boars like <laughs> they, they tried to get oh we got to get the boar whose eyes look m m sad just like the just like frank <laughs> right <laughs> we went through thousands of boars to try to find the right boar i'm i'm sure damon lindelof carlton Hughes. you know they were just like we gotta get this boar we gotta, we gotta find him right more but it is mystical once again, where you look at the, the, the look in the boar's eyes, where you maybe you read it into it, but the sadness in those boar eyes, like it's similar to Frank, where the confusion in his eyes after Sawyer shot him. Um, and you just, what is going through Sawyer's head in that moment? And he's pointing that gun. He's probably replaying shooting Frank over and over again, replaying everything that we've talked about so far. Mm -hmm. And he's also thinking about the story that Locke told about the dog 
I'm thinking, hmm, is there something to this boar? And then he decides not to shoot it, and he says, it's just a boar. Hmm. Which is kind of a, it's like, no, there's nothing to this. That's how I read that. It's like Sawyer's saying, he decides it's just a boar. Mm -hmm. Almost like, no, Locke's wrong. It's just a boar. Let's go home. How do you read it? I... I hadn't even thought about the significance of that line as much until right now, because I feel like, yeah, that, that makes it feel like in that moment, he, you know, with Locke's maybe question that he didn't pose, but the question of, you know, what do you think is going on with this animal? it feels like the conclusion with saying it's just a boar is Sawyer. In other words, saying um, this animal for me represented the stuff that I've been frustrated with or the thing that I couldn't let go of. But the animal itself is not that thing. Mm -hmm. I don't need to take it out on, on this figure before me. Um, I also think that line that the, that the guy who gave him the gun um, posed, you know, the, um, mm-hmm. you know, you find out who you really are when you point a, point a gun at someone. I feel like Sawyer, you know, parallel to off the island when he, when he shot Frank, um, he realized something about himself then. Um, and, you know, it was a mistake and, and so much uh, was, was wrong about that. In this moment, he's realizing who he is now, you know, and so many of the episodes so far and Lost have been about, like, who are you now on the island? Um, You were someone else prior to this, but who are you going to be now? Mm -hmm. Um, And in this moment, he's choosing to do something different than before and not pull the trigger this time. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like I attribute it to like, he is choosing to be different is like the largest takeaway to me. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know your thoughts on, on all that, but yeah, I kind of, yeah, you could see it that way. I think there's the fact that he says it's just a bore is him. <sighs> him refusing to deal with everything mm-hmm. like everything he's encountered here everything he, he's finally face to face with it this boar that represents so much for him and he could have a moment where he actually has a breakthrough and realizes and and, and maybe you know even opens up to Kate I don't know about everything and maybe has some closure on it all he looks at the boar and he just goes, "Nah, it's just a boar. <laughs> I'm going to keep being Sawyer. To me, that's how I see it. Cause it, it's sort of an anti-climax mm. where, or you, you could look at it that he's actually having a breakthrough or you could look at it that he's not. And I kind of tend to look at it like he's not because he keeps doing what he's doing. He keeps mm. being that Sawyer. He keeps the letter. He doesn't burn the, you know, so it's it's Sawyer confronting all of it and all the meaning and everything and just 
he can't deal with it yet. He's mm. not ready. So he just shuts down and says, it's just a bore. Let's get back to camp. Hmm. I, I like that. I mean, I, I like the fact, I feel like I'm always saying like, I like the ambiguity of things, but I like the fact that even the kind of mystery of this scene, I feel like for Sawyer, for the rest of, you know, season one, at least you can kind of come back to this, this episode for, you know, references to like, where is he at in this whole dealing with what he's done sort of thing? I mean, you could do it for the whole series, but, um, yeah, you know, like what, where is he at on this whole spectrum of dealing with who he is and what he's done? Um, cause he, he does have such a good character arc for the entire series, but, um, okay. yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's cool that there's kind of different things you can see going on there and who is Sawyer really at this moment. So I think he has had a lot go for a lot of, he's, he's processed some stuff. There's maybe some things bellying up inside of him, but he just suppresses all of it. That's how I see it. He's just suppressing mm-hmm. it. And he's moving on in a very unhealthy way. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you should uh, probably see a therapist at some point, you know, but uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's why Kate kind of looks at, at Kate's look after he walks away. She's looking at him going, boy, this guy, he's going through some stuff and he's just <laughs> the, the enigma that is Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so after that, we sort of get the epilogue of the episode um, where Sawyer, of course, Kate wins. Sawyer gets has to give up the gun to Jack. And so <laughs> stick him up moment. <laughs> uh, that's that's not funny, man. You're pointing that gun at <laughs> you trying to be funny. <laughs> They're out in the middle of the jungle. Yeah. There's no one around. Sawyer just walks up, stick him up like that's not cool. <laughs> sure jack yeah there's his heart skipped maybe for a second there where he's like i don't know i barely know this guy we've been on the island for like two (laughs) two three weeks right um he's essentially still a stranger yeah and uh no so sawyer agrees to give the gun back because he made a deal with jack's girlfriend Mm um and sawyer he Kate said that Jack, of course, he's concerned. He says, what did she, uh, what did she give you? What did she agree to give you? Because he doesn't, he doesn't want her to owe, to owe him anything. And then uh, Sawyer says, nothing she wasn't willing to part with. And Jack says, that's why the Sox will never win the series. Uh, which I love the distinction between that and how Christian uses it. Because how Christian uses it is, People were meant to suffer. People are just meant to suffer. Um, it's sort of the it's fate. Jack uses it to talk about the decisions the Red Sox made to not win the series. They won't give up enough to win. Huh. It's basically how he said he's like nothing. They weren't willing to part with. Yeah, the Red Sox aren't willing to trade up to get what they need. So they're just going to be mediocre and stay where they're at huh. um, or be bad. Uh, so it's it's the distinction. Jack is talking about what the person can do, what, you know, agency of the person. And uh, 
Christians talking about the overarching, you know, invisible hand of fate. Mm. Uh, and there's that disconnect because the two of them are speaking different languages. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. That's cool. And then even even after that, Jack kind of, you know, Sawyer asks him about it and he's like, you know, he just something my dad said where he just, you know, would chalk it all up to fate and all that stuff. I mm-hmm. I think that's that's a cool even just in the way they use the phrase, even though he's stealing the phrase from his dad, you know, shows the distinction between the two guys. Um yeah, yeah that's cool. He says instead of taking responsibility for it, he just put it on fate. Said he was made that way. And Jack's completely dismissive of that perspective because he just can't understand it. Like he can't understand that a person would, you know, put fate or or put any stock in anything outside themselves. I think that's Jack to a T. He's like, No, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. We're gonna get it done. I'm gonna grip my get up, grip my teeth and do it and uh that's the difference Mm -hmm. and so sawyer in that moment once again he's sawyer has another choice because he realizes holy crap this guy's dad was the guy in the bar (laughs) (laughs) which is insane what are the odds (laughs) what are the odds and he could you know he could tell jack what just like christian he could tell him and it could fix something for Jack or right? he could, he could tell them what he learned from Christian and Sawyer decides not to hmm. because he just can't let go of his outlaw persona. Yep. And the, it's interesting. I feel like I've been, you know, I watched the episode a few days ago. I feel like since watching it, I've been kind of, considering like why was this the final moment of the episode mm-hmm. you know it it almost feels like a weird place for this episode in particular to end um when you first watch it i feel like what i like about it is the fact that it feels like you're about to get this moment where these two guys you know, could see some redemption even between the two of them. Like Sawyer could give something to Jack that would be good. He could ease his suffering, you know? Uh Uh Um, And he chooses not to, which I think, you know, the more I think about it goes into what you were saying that in this moment, you know, pointing the gun at the boar, he decides he's, you know, it's just a boar. I can't deal with, I'm not going to deal with this stuff. Um, and so he chooses not to to help Jack out, you know, and ease some of his suffering then. Um, that it's not, he, I don't know, like he can hold on to that information, um, you know, as leverage almost. You could see it that way. But mm-hmm. I think purely in this moment, he's like, well, I'm just not going to tell him. It doesn't matter, you know, um, yeah. kind of playing into the Sawyer persona. But it makes me also think of the the thing with Sawyer's dad from the beginning of the episode. And I still think the boar, there's something about the boar that also is connected to his father mm-hmm. for him, because I think there is significance to it, it, the boar being in his dream where his in the place of his father. I think I think part of Sawyer's 
just his whole thing is that he is angry at his father for how he handled all that because it wasn't you know it wasn't Sawyer that killed his parents his dad was the one who decided to who just lost his mind and shot his wife and then shot himself right um i think there's still some, there's result, unresolved issues with him and his father um for doing that to him um and i think Sawyer sees an opportunity you know sees another dysfunctional father-son relationship and you know a redeemed james would want to you know bring some of that redemption to jack and christian but this is sawyer and he in his mind no jack and his you know jack is meant to suffer you know the same way he because that's just the way it is um i can't i can't make the world brighter um in that way because you know dads are dads are scumbags their sons are suffer for it and that's why Mm -hmm. i think that might be there's might be something to that i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah there's there's so much in this episode so many (laughs) you know so many things you could take away from from each scene i feel like because it's just a bunch of moments with sawyer with someone else Mm -hmm. um and yeah i think it's just a really cool storyline to see Sawyer kind of go through all these moments and then for it to conclude with him being presented a moment where he could help someone else and he doesn't and moves on. And so where does that, where does that leave him moving forward? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's, there's a lot there. Sawyer's going through some stuff. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I think it does connect to the other, storyline in this episode that we haven't <laughs> mentioned at all to this point. I know we're, we're long here, but I think we do need to touch on Charlie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Char that, that as we mentioned at the top, this storyline as well is dealing with killing a man because Charlie killed Ethan and we're seeing the aftermath of that. And what we're seeing with Charlie is he's, you know, being very dour, being very reserved. He's refusing to go for a walk with Claire. He's not opening up to Hurley. Um, and so Hurley, being a good friend, asks Saeed to talk to him. And the, Saeed's line in this episode, um, from a man who just endured the horrors of being you know, kind of in solitary confinement in a way, in solitary, mm-hmm. is very significant where he says, what you did to Ethan will be with you for the rest of your life. And he says, you are not alone. Don't pretend to be. Mm. Sawyer's pretending to be alone. And that's why he, I think that's the lesson there in that scene with Jack. He's like, He's, he's like, eh, no reason. With, when Saeed asks him, did you hear whispers? Nah, no, I didn't. Again and again. It's just when Kate, he looks at Kate after the boar thing, he says, it's just a boar. He's pretending to be alone again and again and again. Um, and so he's left alone to deal with the horrors. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
that's I think that's this that's the lesson of this episode really is that you need someone else. You can't endure the horrors of you know the, the darkest things like killing a man on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah I love I love the whole Charlie storyline for this episode. The way he goes through an arc of you know. He's kind of self-loathing, you know, going through this difficult time because, like, reckoning with what he did. Um, And that line from Saeed, Mm -hmm. I feel like, I want to suggest that's one of the best and most underappreciated lines of the series. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. Don't pretend to be. Yeah. Like, it just is so good for just that storyline. But like you were saying, I feel like it goes to something deep at the heart of lost. Even, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a series about people and all of these characters dealing with their circumstances and realizing, you know, they, if they can't live together, they're going to die alone. You know Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they, they need one another. Um, And so, so many characters will go on their own journey and and pretend to be alone and try to forge it alone. And, you know, for Saeed to just say simply, like, don't pretend that you are alone. You don't have to do this on your own. Um, It's such a good, such a simple line, but so, so good. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and significant for this episode alone, but for the whole series as well. Yeah. It's it's an addendum on to live together, die alone, because we can live together, but if we're all pretending to be alone, what good is it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a great line. It's a great lesson. I think that's the moral of the story in this episode. Um, and I love that we get we do get resolution with Charlie at least, even though he's not, you know, it's going to live with him forever. He still decides to go on that walk with Claire. Mm-hmm. And that simple thing is the moment of joy and this week's moment of, you know, little bit of redemption and otherwise very dark, very dim uh, mess of an episode. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the fact that they took the time in an episode to have Charlie go through that arc instead of just pretending like, oh man, he, he killed someone and then he just moved on. Okay. But, you know, the fact that he needed the help from Hurley and Saeed and then Claire, you know, to to be able to move on and, and reckon with what he had done. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool redemption little arc throughout that episode. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I think that about covers it for Outlaws. Another great episode of Lost. I uh, hope uh, everyone out there has enjoyed this journey through the episode. I hope people are still listening. We've gone on a long time. <laughs> I mean, everyone at the beginning was prepared for us to talk about that scene with Locke the whole time. So I, I think they're I think they're still engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as always, my brother, thanks for talking Lost with me. It's been a good old time. Yeah, always. Of course. And I suppose we will be um, returning for another episode next. We'll be talking about In Translation, which is the official 
that that first that silence there that's part of the episode title we'll have to talk about that more next week because there is the Mm -hmm. dot 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 in translation i appreciated the pause you Mm -hmm. you gotta keep that in there you gotta have it when you're talking about in translation (laughs) and we'll be getting into some gin and sun stuff so get ready to read some subtitles everyone it's gonna be great (laughs) get your glasses out yep 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 But until then, I suppose we will see you in another episode, brothers.